2: Is the Falcons wide receiver core now completely Calvin Ridley's? What does Adam Thielen's value look like? Can Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy coexist? We're talking all that and more on Roto Viz Radio. Welcome into the RotoViz Fantasy Football Show. I'm Dave Cabin, alongside Curtis Patrick. We're two of the owners here at RotoViz. We're talking wide receivers on this episode. As a reminder, we will be back tomorrow and on Friday. I want to point out some of you that called in to leave us a message or a question may have had issues with the number. I apologize for that. Give us a call again. It will go much smoother this time and we will get you on the show. Curtis, I'm pumped to be back for another week. Do you have a favorite wide receiver core in the league? I I don't need a fantasy breakdown of implications. There's just one that you find really exciting. You like to watch.
3: Uh, I just love wide receivers so much. It's really, really hard to pick, but immediately off the top of my head, I love the Seahawks wide receiver core. I think that that, uh, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf, they're just the perfect complements of one another. Uh, so really, really love that Seattle wide receiver core. I just wish they were used more frequently. What about you, man?
2: Well, I'll tell you one thing. My favorite wide receiver core right now is not the New England Patriots, which is a bit of a bummer. Uh, as as annoying as they are to me, though, I am going to go with the Pittsburgh Steelers just because I've had a lot of fun watching and trying to guess each week who's going to be the guy that comes out. Uh, we've spent a lot of time, though, talking about... Um, the Steelers wide receivers on this show. So, we're going to pivot and talk about some teams that we haven't addressed as much on the show. And I would like to first start by talking about the Minnesota Vikings. We are going to take a little bit of a price check here. And that is going to be looking in on Adam Thielen, who I'm interested to see what you think about him. He's 30 a little advanced in age, one of the few guys that broke out late in his career. He happens to be playing alongside a player so good in Justin Jefferson that I just drafted this man at the 107 in a triflex dynasty league. And I feel absolutely terrific about it. So everybody knows we love Justin Jefferson at Rotoviz. Where are we on Adam Thielen? I do want to point out in 2017, he ranked 11th in points per game. 2018 eight in points per game 2019 was a down year but 2020 he was back into the top 12 ranked 11th in points per game does this continue
3: man that that's tough this vikings offense is in a little bit of transition they finally move on from kyle rudolph so irv smith looks to have a little bit of a larger role and i think this year two uh kind of trampoline for Uh, Justin Jefferson could be really exciting we may have just seen the beginning of what he's capable of with Adam Thielen I think he represents you know a good veteran value uh, but he's probably going to be overdrafted uh, this year I mean last season he was highly touchdown dependent Uh, he did have six top 12 uh, wide receiver weeks in PPR formats in 15 games which is really impressive Uh, but he also had one two three five six complete duds with under 10 PPR I'm looking at the uh, NFL stat explorer, the weekly stat explorer, uh, specifically there. If you look at his year end totals, you know, really impressive PPR wide receiver 10, third in touchdowns, uh, highly efficient because of that touchdown rate he had. He was fifth in fantasy points over expectation per game, but he, he did it a lot differently than he did in 2018 when he was the wide receiver seven and even from 2017 when he was a wide receiver nine. So I'm a little worried, you know, if the touchdowns were to evaporate, Thielen didn't seem like the same type of player from a usage perspective last year. Clearly, you don't think he's a threat or you wouldn't be taking Jefferson at the seven overall spot in a super flex uh, format, Dave.
2: (laughs) Well, you know, I mean, I I think the thing there is I I don't think that you're going to have more than maybe even two more seasons of really strong Adam Thielen play. Um, It kind of speaks to how excited I am about Jefferson. You know, it is interesting if you look at Thielen's 2019 he only played 10 games that season. You know, there was the element of Diggs being in the offense, only 11.44 points, PPR points per game, jumped up to almost 17 last year. I do think that, you know, it's very reasonable to think that Thielen gets into that 14 range. I think there'll be enough targets for him to get there, uh, but I think he's probably more of a wide receiver, too. But if we're kind of taking a, an appraisal of his value in Dynasty at this point, I wouldn't be banking too much on Thielen producing for more than maybe. This year, coming, you know, the coming season and the next. Um, so that that's kind of where I am
3: on. Him. One thing that we can be sure about. Oh, I was just gonna add one uh, quick thing. The one thing we can be sure about. I mean, M- Minnesota is definitely going to be throwing passing touchdowns. I mean, Kirk Cousins is remarkably consistent. It throws for twenty-five plus touchdowns like every year. Um, some really cool uh, bar bet type stats on Kirk Cousins uh, that'll that'll win you some cash. Um, w- when you look at what he's done over the last five years, so, and, and, he does tend to funnel those, um, you know, really to only like three people. It's usually like, you know, uh, Ben Kyle Rudolph and then the two primary wide receivers. So, um, you know, perhaps Thielen, uh, props up his value a little bit again in 2021, I'm betting against him at this point on the wrong side of the age, uh, wrong side of the age apex. Um, but I think the clear takeaway here is, uh, this trifect, uh, triflex dynasty startup, and that you got to start with one of your favorite players in the game at 107. So kudos to you.
2: Um, I'm just going to point out, too, the fact that today you were able to grab uh, Najee Harris just a little bit before I thought I was going to be able to take him, and I'm not happy about that.
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm really pumped. I don't want to derail the, the pod here, but I'm really pumped about the way my my build is going here. So I, was, I, I drew the 12 spot, uh, a couple spots after you, five slots behind you. and was able to start with A.J. Brown and Tyreek Hill. At the turn, of course, in the triflex uh, format, we're starting a minimum of three wide receivers and up to you know five or six, depending on if if a quarterback gets pulled in uh, from the best ball scoring. So I start with those two players. Then at three twelve, grab Jalen Hurts, uh, potential rocket ship here at quarterback for my QB one spot. Najee Harris at four hundred one, and then I traded. I don't know if you saw my trade, Dave. I traded up from yeah up from seven twelve to four hundred four. I've got offers pouring in for that 404 spot right now. So if you want to get your hat in the ring on this pick, evidently there's a player that people are pretty excited about because the offers are pouring in. So uh, I've got my sights on, on a player, but I'm willing to move back if, if you want to shop. We can talk after the show.
2: Yeah, we can. I, I think that we're trying to do similar things. So that we're probably not the best trading partners in this situation. But more importantly, let's do a fantasy deep dive. All right. We just talked about Adam Thielen and his age. I want to talk about Julio Jones and if he still got it in the context of playing with Calvin Ridley. Julio's 32. I think people want to hold this against him. It's felt like for a number of seasons, Julio has been in that advanced age category. People expecting the wheels to fall off. I want to point out, though, last year, highest reception percentage of his career still had 15 to 15.2 yards per reception. That's better than what he had in 18 and 19. His air yards per target dipped just a little bit, but nothing that when I look at it would make me worry. His yak per reception is right in line with the average from his last five seasons. Also, if you go into the stat Explorer and you look at his receiving map of where on the field He's getting a lot of targets, a lot of air yards where he's converting those. That map looks pretty similar to what you would see if you went back the last four or five years. You wouldn't be if I didn't tell you what year you were looking at in that map, that kind of like that heat map of where his receiving work is coming. You wouldn't know which year you were looking at and you wouldn't be able to pick out a decline in any of them. In fact, if you tried, you might even get it wrong. So what this leads me up to is the idea that I'm not seeing any massive signs of decline for Julio Uh, in the range of outcomes tool where I'm blending a player's most recent season and then the season that came before that and building an average stat line to do some math with in a way that makes sense. You're going to see that Julio in that context has an average of 7.6 targets. Calvin Ridley's at 9.5. So Ridley outpacing him there. Ridley's only outpacing him by about six yards, where they are separate and where they have this disparity is that Jones just scores about half the touchdowns of Calvin Ridley. Uh, So I expect as we move forward, I wouldn't be shocked if you still see Ridley outscoring in terms of PPR per game, uh, Jones by about three points per game. But I think that some people think that there's this dichotomy that as Ridley continues to step forward, Julio has to step a lot farther back, especially as Julio gets older. I am not really buying that. If you look at 2019 and 2020, there's four out-of-split games um, when Calvin Ridley didn't play. Sure, Julio put up 24 points in those games, which is crazy, versus just 16 when Ridley was there. But 16 is still a pretty
0: strong number. And We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate Just go to indeed.com slash blue wire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about indeed on this podcast. That's indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire. You need indeed.
2: And then the final thing I'll mention is if you look at wide receivers, 32 and older that put up good seasons, uh, you see guys like Reggie Wayne, Andre Johnson, Larry Fitzgerald, Ed McCaffrey, Chris Carter, Heinz Ward, Marvin Harrison, Jerry Rice, Tim Brown, Isaac Bruce, Anquan Bolden, Terrell Owens. Those are all ridiculously good players, and I don't think anybody's going to argue that Julio has been an absolutely elite wide receiver his whole career. So when I look at Julio, I think he falls into cohorts with players like that. I don't really see him slowing down. I think at least for the next season or two, you're still looking at a player that you should be interested
1: in rostering. What do you think, Curtis? Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.
4: If you have loved ones that rely on your income, you need life insurance. But finding the best quote shouldn't take a lifetime. With policy Genius, you could save 50% or more by comparing quotes from America's top insurers. First, head to PolicyGenius.com. In minutes, policy Genius will compare prices starting at as little as $1 a day. You might even be eligible to fast-track your coverage with a no-exam policy. Once you apply, the Policy Genius team handles all the paperwork and red tape. If you have any questions, their team of licensed, independent experts is on hand to help. In fact, PolicyGenius' award-winning service has a five-star rating across thousands of reviews on Trustpilot and Google. Make today the day you cross life insurance off your list and get protection for your loved ones. You could save 50% or more by comparing quotes. To get covered, head to PolicyGenius.com today. What's up, Road of His listeners? It's Colin Kelly here, executive producer of Road of His Radio and one of the co hosts of the Road of His Overtime podcast. I just wanted to drop by and say thank you, as always, for listening into to another Road of His Radio production. As a loyal podcast listener, you can save yourself 10% off a Road of His NFL pass right now at rotoviz.com forward slash podcast or by simply adding the code RVRadio2021 at checkout. That'll get you access to all of the content and tools on the Road of His website, the best tools and content in the business are the best listeners in the business. As always, we do appreciate you listening to each and every show. And if you do have five, 10, 15 seconds to spare, please drop a rating for today's show on your favorite podcast app. It is much appreciated. With all that said, thank you once again for tuning in. I hope you have a great day. Now let's get back to the show.
3: Well, let me first say, I think that was an- Excellent breakdown um, all around. I think Julio uh, certainly has not slowed down and he certainly fits the profile of a future Hall of Famer athletic freak that, you know, it's totally reasonable to say he's going to hold on to his differentiating talent for longer than others. Or he was so talented at a younger age that even as that talent uh, declines, or that athleticism declines, he's working with so much more that he's still a plus player my concern with Julio isn't about whether he still has it or not. My concern with Julio and potentially Calvin Ridley is the changes in Atlanta this season. So we look, we look at Arthur Smith coming in here uh, to, to run this team. And I mean, the Titans threw the ball like 485 times last year. And if he has his way, Atlanta is going to ground and pound. Now it's, it's not going to happen overnight. Their defense is so bad that I think they will be insulated uh, a little bit from that. but uh it just depends you know but let's see what they do in the draft let's see what they do kind of in the post NFL draft uh free agency uh period as well um i have a feeling they're they're going to be one of these teams that could uh, invest in a running back early uh they're they're leaking that they are fully behind Matt Ryan and uh don't intend to take a, a quarterback at that number 4 spot i think looking for potential suitors there so a, a lot going on it seems like a team that wants to win now and Smith is certainly going to, he's going to run the ball. You know, they're not these 625 plus passing attempt seasons that we're so accustomed to seeing from Matt Ryan, I think are in the rear view mirror. I would expect, you know, Dave later this summer, when you start doing all of your uh, projection work uh, with our great projection tools, you'll end up uh, deep in that research and, and model this a little bit more like a, a 2017 Falcons season where they, they threw the ball 529 times uh, or, or me maybe even going back to 2008, when they're throwing in the, in the low 400s. Um, so, you know, that's going to that's gonna be the thing for me is the situation in Atlanta. But I totally agree. Uh, age-related concerns are definitely not a reason to fade Julio. All
2: right. Well, I, I hope that it doesn't turn out being a situation where they scale it back that much because I would still love to see Hayden Hurst and Russell Gage be guys that get some level of usage so that we can still talk about them. But I uh, digress. <laughs> All right, Cortland Sutton returns this year. He's going to be playing alongside Jerry Judy. It's interesting, Curtis, because we've got to see a season out of both of these guys on their own. They're going to be coming together. Big question is going to be the quarterback play. I read today that it seems like the Broncos were trying to get Matthew Stafford in. We don't know exactly what they'll do in the draft if they're going to address the quarterback situation. But as we look at things right now, do you have any thoughts on this tandem and if they can both be productive in fantasy in 2021, keeping in mind that they also have Noah Fant, a tight end that I think they need to get involved as well.
3: Yeah, the the last player you mentioned there is the reason that I'm not super high on either of the receivers. Um, I, Noah Fant has really looked like a player on the cusp of eliteness at the position. And for Sutton and Judy, it's not even just those two. You know, we've got KJ Hamler in the picture who our whole team was high on last year as well. It's good as a Broncos fan to see all this young talent. Uh, potentially, you know, it's so much talent that when it's on the field together, it can either elevate Drew Locke or help a veteran, you know, really kind of revitalize that attack there in Denver. Uh, but I just don't see the point in paying market price for Sutton or Judy when it's very difficult, you know, kind of predict... Who's going to be the alpha dog, if you will, in that offense? Um, you know, speaking of the veterans, you know, it'd be interesting to, to see how people would view this team if maybe Jimmy Garoppolo moves over to Denver. Maybe San Francisco finds a trade partner in the opposite conference. They're not going to, you know, have to face him uh, after moving him. You know, that would be pretty interesting. Uh, if, if we found a quarterback that had that history of accuracy and efficiency as an upgrade over Locke, who's been pretty careless over the course of his, uh, his, uh, Pretty short career thus far. So, um, I, I guess I'm kind of punting the answer by saying I prefer Fant and will fade Sutton and Judy. If you, if you make me pick one, um, I will probably, probably pick Cortland Sutton because I think he's more of a, a matchup problem because of, of his size and, um, J- Jerry Judy, uh, you know, he, he sticks out as not being an athletic plus, you know, he's the technician and I'm not sure they have the quarterback that can take full advantage of that. We see that in the stat line last season, targeted 113 times, just 52 completions to Judy. I think he's a player that thrives on on timing and being on the same uh, page as his quarterback, whereas Sutton can kind of body you up and go up and, and get those jump balls. So uh who would you choose, Dave?
2: You know, it's interesting. I actually was in a chat on Clubhouse last week where we were talking about this and, and I wanted to, when I was just going off my head, pick Jerry Judy, but then I did a little bit more research. I pop in right now. I'm looking at the adjusted yards per attempt app. Sure enough, as you pointed to, we see Noah Fant on the top of Drew Locke's list with 7.56 adjusted yards per attempt. You move down, you see Deshaun Hamilton, Tim Patrick, Cortland Sutton is over the seven yards per attempt mark. Jerry Judy all the way down at 5.58. The player following him is Melvin Gordon, not a spot where you want to be. I think it kind of speaks to the fact that perhaps (laughs) this is just not the best fit for Jerry Judy right now. So it's hard for me to disagree with you. Uh, And I I think via that, I have to say Cortland Sutton probably is a better option right now. But I think your point is that maybe we're just not going to be able to get out of these guys what we would like to see.
3: Yeah, I think a veteran quarterback uh, would certainly be a a veteran quarterback who has a history of accuracy uh, and being a little bit more precise. I mean, Drew Locke is a little bit more of that uh, improvising type quarterback who he's naturally going to do better, you know, with physical matchup type receivers or speed demons who can get open deep. And, you know, Judy, I think, was a little miscast last year, you know, 1,522 air yards last season. That's more than Sutton saw in either of the previous two years. I'd really like to see Judy operate on more short, intermediate routes, um, almost be used a little bit more like Calvin Ridley early in his career. Uh, but that's just not the way uh, the team drew it up with Judy last season. So uh, I think I think we found alignment on that uh, leaning towards Sutton, but it'll be interesting. We could change our opinion after Denver gets done with their quarterback search.
2: Yeah, for sure. So a team that does not need to engage in a quarterback uh, search is the Cincinnati Bengals. T. Higgins really emerged last year. A.J. Green has moved on. I want to consider T. Higgins in the context of what he does to Tyler Boyd. Uh, you know, Tyler Boyd, I think, has one, been one of those players that people like to overlook season in and season out. Yet, yeah, there's reliable production from Boyd, Uh, you know, he's been a player that I've had on some teams who's made a difference. Can he remain a difference maker when T. Higgins really usurps this offense, assuming that you think this offense really is T. Higgins now? And I guess the other element is, could be, this whole discussion could become moot once they grab a wide receiver in the draft, or I should say, if they grab a wide receiver in the draft, because that's not set in stone.
3: Yeah, and all the rumors are, Joe Burrow really angling for Jamar Chase there, um, which is real that would be the luxury pick of all luxury picks. You know, the Bengal, if you're a Bengals fan, as exciting as Chase would be, you, you almost have to be rooting against that. You know, you'd like to see him invest in an offensive line pick. So Joe Burrow doesn't tear another ACL again. Um, or, you know, you, you know, maybe some other uh, non, you know, it just wide receiver feels like such a luxury when, when you're starting your room with a dependable guy like Boyd that showed great, I mean, really did show great chemistry with uh, with Burrow uh, earlier in the season, um, but your point with Higgins is is well taken. And uh, Boyd's uh, expected points last season fell versus 2019, and you know I expect that Higgins is going to get the majority of those high value targets. Uh, as I talk through this, I'm I'm jumping into the Rotoviz Game Splits app, and it's it's that easy to use. I can literally you know run these diagnostics. Uh, as we're speaking, I'm gonna pull up just real quick. Uh, Tyler Boyd's splits with and without Joe Burrow. You mentioned the splits with and without Higgins, but with and without Burrow. So in the ten games Burrow played, what's is re- really interesting? Tyler Boyd, ten games with Burrow, sixteen point one eight PPR per game uh, av- uh, on pace for two hundred fifty nine over the course of a, a full season. That's very similar to what to what we saw in the the seasons uh, before 2020. And then out of that split. When you're getting the likes of, uh, all the retreads that they were throwing out there. What well, we had, did we get a Ryan Finley game? I can't remember who, who even played at the, the position for Cincinnati last year at this point. Is that forgettable? Just six PPR, six PPR a game in those five other games, uh, sans Joe Burrow for Tyler Boyd. So, you know, perhaps that chemistry returns. Um, I would like to think that Cincinnati's an ascending offense for fantasy purposes. And if Joe Burrow turns out to be the superstar he was at LSU, I mean, he could even potentially prop up three receivers if the Bengals go the route of adding Chase. Um, We certainly don't want that for fantasy purposes from uh, a volume and target market share perspective, of course. Uh, Tyler Boyd, to me, he's the new Jarvis Landry. I think you allow his ADP to fall and you gobble up the shares and you're happy with what he gives you. He's probably going to outperform his ADP wherever it lands. So That's kind of the way that I view him. Um, But I think with a player like Higgins there, uh, that from like a, a freak score perspective and just what we saw from him in college, he really looks like more of the touchdown score of Cincinnati ever puts it all together. And he would be the one that is that, you know, potential, you know, top six overall wide receiver. Uh, What do you think, Dave?
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm pretty much in lockstep with you there on those opinions. I really like Tyler Boyd. He fits this mold of a player that I really like because I can also, when I'm structuring and thinking about how I'm going to draft, know that there's a good chance Tyler Boyd is going to be able to fit into my draft in a position where I want him. I do think that T. Higgins is just super talented. Uh, I've definitely been looking at a lot of tweets from Sam Wallace, which may influence me there, right? Because we know that Sam loves T. Higgins, but I absolutely get it. I, I think he's on pace to be a star in the league. Hopefully we see this Bengals offense continue to improve just without a new wide receiver so that these two can continue to really, really flourish. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's an exciting offense. And I, I like the, the outlook for both of these guys.
3: Yeah, just to bring this episode kind of full circle here, at the top of the show, you asked me, you know, what wide receiver core do I like in the NFL? And I said the Seattle Seahawks. And this Bengals, uh, this situation with Boyd and Higgins feels a little bit like the Tyler Lockett DK Metcalf dynamic there, where you have the bigger, sexier name, uh, the, the more, uh, just the bigger overall player, uh, the bigger athletic, uh, spectacle being drafted far above a player who really could potentially score the same or more fantasy points. Uh, so, so it's, it's a nice situation there. And since the, you know, getting a piece of that offense, uh, via Tyler Boyd with what a four, five, six round ADP difference, uh, potentially. So, yeah. Uh it's good good to be in alignment there as always Dave.
2: Yep. And um we know you like Tyler Lockett but a lot of people hate him. So I always enjoy when you have an opportunity to talk about your boy Tyler.
3: It, yeah, any uh early and often when Seattle comes up, Tyler Lockett's going to get brought up and uh all all he does is he all he does is win fantasy weeks and win fantasy leagues for you and you know just because he has lays a few eggs here and there as a a guy who gets drafted as a wide receiver four, but gives you borderline wide receiver one output, I guess people, they want it all. They want to spend a 80th overall pick on a player. That's going to uh, be a wide receiver one every week. Dave, um, that's, that's what the people want. <laughs> they certainly do. That does
2: take us to the end of this episode. Again, want to win a t-shirt call the now working number. It was working. It was just a little confusing. 978-615-9214. You'll get brownie points. If you try it again, Give us a call. That does it, though, for us. We will see you tomorrow. Thanks for listening to the roto Fantasy Football Show. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe. Follow us on Twitter at FF and at CPatrickNFL. Email us at show at gmail.com. Visit rotoviz.com forward slash podcast for more information on listener-only discounts. And until next time, thanks for stopping by.